Come on, how good is God? God is so good. Man, how brave to share a story. You know, I, I mean, I think if you're holy and you don't sin, good for you. But man, I, when, when someone is brave enough to share their vulnerability, their struggles, man, I just, that inspires me and God is so good. Why don't you do this? Why don't you just uh, tell your neighbor, it is not over. Let's go ahead and say it for the crew that's watching online. It is not over. All right, we're going to get right into it. It's Palm Sunday this morning. Man, Easter's next week, and we are going to have a celebration. You're not going to want to miss that, and we're just thankful that you chose be one to call home. I picked the perfect day to forget my glasses. So um, although I prefer to read scripture out of the a real book, I'm old school, I know. Um, I am going to read it off my computer, but I want you just to, if your Bible glows or you're old school like me, um, we're just going to get right into it this morning. Luke 19, we're going to start at verse 28. I am going to read out of the message version. Um, so don't send me your YouTube videos. It's just really clear and easy to understand. So um, you can file all complaints to Evan Wilson. He will receive those. Evan at v1.church. No. You know what? I'm not a theologian. I'm not even going to pretend like I am. I'm just a woman who loves God and who is excited about what God is doing in my life, in my family, in this church, and just in the earth right now. So if you think, man, I could never do that, trust me, if I can do it, anyone can. So I'm just going to read to you this morning. This is a little bit, we're going to read a lot of scripture, but I'm going to read it fast. So stay with me. Um, This is in Luke. And it says, after saying these things, Jesus headed straight up to Jerusalem. After he got near Bethpage, Bethany at the Mountain of Olives, he sent off two disciples with instruction, go to the village across from you. As soon as you enter, you will find a colt or a donkey, as you remember in your coloring books. Um, You'll find a colt tethered, one that has never been ridden, untie it, bring it. And if anyone says anything, what are you doing? Say his master needs him. The two left, found it just as he said. And as they were untying the colt, its owners, what are you doing untying the colt? And they said, his master needs him. Now, there's a whole sermon right there, but we ain't going there today. Okay. They brought the colt to Jesus and then throwing their coats on its back, they helped Jesus get on. And as he rode, the people gave him a grand welcome, throwing their coats on the street or their palm branches. And right as at the Right at the crest where the Mount of Olives begins its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who come, who comes, the king in God's name, all, all's well in heaven, glory in high places. Or you might have referred to it as Hosanna, right? So this was the reason why people were excited in Jerusalem because this was prophesied in the Old Testament. Zechariah 9.9, it talks about their Messiah coming in on a donkey. And people were just cheering because of the marvelous works they've done. They're seeing scripture fulfilled. But then just not even a week later, right, they're crucifying him. And so a lot of times in Paul Sunday, we do, or Palm Sunday, we do this, Paul Sunday, I don't know. 
Palm Sunday, we celebrate, we celebrate. Easter, we celebrate, we celebrate. But we kind of forget about those events that are transpiring throughout the week. And I was thinking about Jesus and how the same people who were cheering him on were the same people who ended up stabbing him literally in the back, putting him in shame, or so they thought. And so you have this picture of Jesus who's just so gracious coming into Jerusalem. He had just traveled from Jericho and and there's a whole representation of how God just conquered our curses. Jericho was a city that God destroyed and just like Dodos, right? They built another city right on top of it. And so how many of us have had relationships that God has just killed and we go right back to it, right? So they weren't that crazy. We, we can hate on them, but they were just like us. And so uh, it just represented God kind of walking through those curses, and he heals the blind beggar, just representing how God, Jesus is able to heal the circumstances that we're born into. How many have ever been born into an unfortunate circumstance? Jesus is a healer. And then we have Zacchaeus, who made it his own mess, and Jesus heals him. And how many know that Jesus heals the circumstances that we were born into, and he heals the mess? as we make. Thank you, Jesus. Man, we serve a good God. And so then we have this triumphant, this triumphant uh, uh, entry where it just sim- symbolizes how Jesus is coming in peace as a victor. And Jesus knew all things. And I can just imagine him seeing the crowds, cheering him, right? I'm sure that felt good. Um, cheering him, the smiles. And I'm sure in his mind, it's just flickering, right? It said that Jesus began to weep a little bit later, because he knew the gravity of not only what he was going to have to endure, but what Jerusalem was going to have to endure, and what sin he was going to have to take on, even though it wasn't him. Jesus knew all things. And so I want you to know this morning that if anybody understands hurt, it's Jesus. He has walked through betrayal. He's walked through failure right? He's walked through risking it all, not really knowing if Ty and Reina, you know, we're going to accept him, right? There's free will. They could have chose a different path, but doing it because he loves them so, so obsessively, just believing the best that they were going to accept and fulfill God's plan, purpose, and destiny for their life. So I'm just going to go over just a few things this morning. I'm going to do this pretty quick. So if you're taking notes, write this one down real quick. Hurt is unavoidable. 1 Peter 3, 13 through 18, it says, if with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think that you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought through thick and thin. Keep your heart's attention in adoration before Christ. I'm sorry, I know I'm going fast, guys. Your master, be steady to speak up, to tell anyone who asks why you're living the way they are, and always with the utmost courtesy, keep Keep a clear conscience before the Lord so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. Man, I love the message version. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did definitively, suffered because of other sins, the righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through it all, was put to death, and then made alive to bring us to God or to bring us to salvation. Amen? How many have ever said the phrase or maybe heard your friend, right? Nudge, nudge. 
right? Because you would never say this. I will never, I never want to be hurt again. How many have said that? I've said that. You will never be used in service of Jesus without pain. It is unavoidable. Serving Jesus is ultimately serving people. And guess what people do? They hurt, right? They don't mean to. They do it intentionally and they do it unintentionally. I have hurt people intentionally and unintentionally. Try being married, right? Sometimes I leave them dishes on purpose. I'm working on it. Come on, you guys do too. Don't even. Enduring difficulty and suffering, sometimes it's choosing to do that because you want forgiveness over the, the right to be right. Amen? Amen? So being the bigger person doesn't always mean having it your way. It means doing the right thing first right? And it hurts to say sorry for things you didn't do. Not in an unhealthy way, but I mean, just like sometimes if you just need to put an argument to rest, swallow your pride, say you're sorry, right? It hurts to be peaceful when someone's causing strife. It hurts not to stick up for yourself. It hurts not to tell your side of the story. And it hurts to say, I am sorry. It got real quiet in here. Anybody else? Am I the only one that, so funny story, when Mike and I were first married, he had an aversion to the word sorry. I mean, it was like an all out physical aversion. And so Everly was also born with this disease. And so it just hurt him to say, I'm sorry. So things would happen. Now he's great now. He's probably the first one to apologize. And I probably need to grow, which is why I'm preaching it, preaching to myself. Um, but he would, he would like do something or say something or whatever, something would happen and, and M&Ms would just show up and it was like his gift. Like, I'd rather give you this gift than say, I'm sorry, you know, or, uh, he would, um, he would just start telling me how much he loves me and he'd be really sweet and he'd, and I'd just be waiting and I'd be like, well, anything else? I just love you so much. He just, and like, I kid you not, you can ask him. He would literally just start sweating. Like, he just couldn't do it. And so it hurts to say you're sorry. Number two, birth doesn't exist without pain. If you're brave enough, men, ask any woman, how was birth? Right? Doesn't matter how you give birth, right? You could do it natural. You could have a C-section. You could be medicated with everything in the whole world. You could give birth in a teepee and just never take a Tylenol, good for you. And you could do all those things, right? But about, no matter how much you numb it, 12 hours later, it is a rough day. Amen, women? Doesn't matter how you do it. So it doesn't exist. Escaping pain without transition. I know so many people who are like, I want to go to the next level with Jesus. I want to go to the next level in my job. I want to go to the next le- level physically working out. That hurts, guys. That's why I haven't done it in three weeks, okay? <laughs> I want to go to the next level in my marriage. Guess what? You're about to experience some level, some degree of discomfort because there's a transition that's getting ready to take place in your life and no transition is possible 
without pain. You can numb it all you want. Jesus was hurt. He be- Lord, is there any other way? Is there any way? But yet he had vision for destiny. He had vision to get humanity to the next level so that they could receive forgiveness, so that they could receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus unlimited in the earth. He had vision for it. And there are some people in your life that you've been around where their hosanna over you has turned into a stab in the back. How many been there? Me and Mike, the only ones, we're like, yeah. I had that season. I had a a season of just celebration that all of a sudden I was like dreaded, you know, like, oh, don't talk to her. She's crazy or whatever. And I had to walk through that and I had to face it. And some of you are facing pain in areas of your life, but that doesn't mean that resurrection and healing isn't on the other side of that pain. Jesus doesn't leave. He didn't stay beaten. He didn't stay on the cross. And as much as I love that imagery, the truth is he didn't stay there. He got healed. He got free. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And that is possible for emotional healing, for physical healing to happen this morning. You don't have to stay nailed to that cross that those people put you on. I didn't stay there. You don't have to stay there. And so Raina had to face it, right? You heard her story. She had to face her pain. She had to accept the fact that, Lord, hey, I messed up, but I still got ministry in me. I still have life in me. I have destiny in me. And God has it for you this morning. You're not going to escape pain, but you can be healed from it. Amen? I told first service, I said, I want to preach encouraging like Joel Osteen so bad talking about pain, but there's hope, right? Okay. Point number three, I'm going to do this real quick. Inner vows. You may, I didn't really know what this was. I've been learning about this. An inner vow is when you say, I will never do blank again. If you're a parent, you have said this. If you're married, you have said this. If you've been in a failed relationship, you have said this. If you've been hurt by church, I guarantee you have said some version of this. Now, an inner vow, I'm going to explain what that is, is a promise. It starts out very innocent, but it's a promise that you make over your life as a result of pain. Okay, I'm going to read about this in Matthew, Matthew 5, 33 through 35. This is in the NIV. Again, you have heard it. It was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill your oaths to the Lord, the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of God, or the city of the great king. I'll never love again. I will never date again, right? I'll never go to church again. I'll never lead worship again. I'll never play the drums again. Have you ever said that, Ty? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'll never work there again. I had a a season in my life where I made an inner vow and I'm gonna be really vulnerable and I'm gonna talk to you about what that was. I had a ministry, what I perceived, what I perceived as a ministry failure, and uh, we were, uh, we knew that we were going to plant a church and we were here and I was hurt and I had just had a baby and I was in the middle of a transition. I really didn't feel like making, but all along it was God's plan. And I got in the car and I yelled, I'll never come to Long Island again. Did I not say it, Mike? Where are you at? And I said it on the phone. I yelled it. 
I said I will never come to Long Island again. I knew God had called me to New York. Doesn't mean I got to plant a church out here, right? There's a whole little river that's separating those areas. I'm being vulnerable. That's how I felt. That was my inner vow. That's an oath I made to the Lord. God, you can use anything. You can use me, but I don't want to go back to that place where I got really hurt. Whether it was my fault or not, I don't want to go back there. And so an inner vow puts you on the throne and asks the Lord to step aside. If I would have kept my vow, my Julie's vow, I would have never planted a life-giving church on Long Island because I was hurt. I didn't want to go to the next level. God, you can fulfill my destiny anywhere else. I'll go to Ohio. I'll go to Africa. I'll go to Nigeria. I'll go to Ukraine. I'll go to Italy. Suffer for Jesus. But about three months after I had moved back to Indiana to begin our apprenticeship there, the Lord began to deal with me and said, Julie, I have destiny for you on that island. People's lives are in the balance. Will you please get over your hurt? Let me walk through the pain with you. Because in that hurt, he was in my past preparing me. He was in the moment that the hurt took place and he was in my future preparing me as I begin to get free, as I begin to let go, as I begin to say, forgive him, Jesus. Lord, forgive me for hurting. God, forgive me, Lord, for putting myself on the throne. I'm not making an oath to you, but God, what is your will for my life? I want healing. I want freedom. I want deliverance. God has it for you this morning. And you know what? Jesus, as he was walking his way to Calvary, he didn't take those licks because he was weak. He took them because he had vision for redemption. And God has a redemptive story of reconciliation for you. And if you've been hurt, guess what? God has a plan. Because they didn't do it to you, they did it for you. You see, what people try to do is hold me back. Put barrier after barrier, but guess what they did? All they did was slingshot and accelerate the process of healing and freedom because I had songs that I needed to sing over Long Island. I had messages of forgiveness that were dependent on me breaking through the transition, that were dependent on me saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, completely, yes, completely, and today, God has a plan for you and it's dependent on you saying yes to the plans and the purposes that God has for you healing is in the room this morning we don't serve a God like Raina said who says oh no 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 not you not you that was too far he says oh you got mess perfect it makes the sacrifice it makes the journey to the cross it makes the bruises the wounds the shame it makes it greater it makes it greater and this morning the stinkier your mess the greater god looks so you know what say what you want to about me but i'm saying yes to the plans and the purposes and the destiny because it's not about me 
It's about the lives that are on the other end of Raina's song. It's about the lives that are on the other end of Wendy's yes. It's about the lives that are on the other end of Aaron's yes completely. And so this morning, God wants you to make a commitment that I will face the pain. I will face the process because I'm not walking through it alone. And so this morning, that's what we're going to do. If you've never known Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus into your life. And then I'm going to speak to church hurt in just a minute. But if you've never experienced Jesus, if you've never experienced what they sang about this morning, that he's a good, good father. Maybe you didn't have a dad. Maybe he died. Maybe he left you. But God is going to show you in a greater measure what true fatherhood, what true love is. That's a season that I'm walking in right now. I don't look at God and say, why, why, why? I say, thank you for showing me another facet of your goodness. Thank you for showing me, God, how you can father me. I didn't know. I already had that need fulfilled. And so if you need that this morning, I want you just to raise your hand. If you want to accept Jesus into your life, I want you to raise it. No one's looking around. It's dark in here. I can't even read. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer of faith faith with me. Lord, I confess with my mouth. Just repeat after me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are king. Forgive me of my sins. And Father, I just commit my life to you. And I want to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, if you prayed that prayer, I want to thank you for making that the best decision you'll ever make. We want to connect with you about that. And then real quick, I didn't do this and I only have like a couple minutes, but I just want to speak to the area of hurt and pain. And maybe you never went to church. Maybe V1's your first church and you've never experienced what we call in the church world, church hurt before. That's okay. Just fill that blank in with anything. It could be family hurt. It could be work hurt. It could be uh, guilt and shame from a decision. Like Raina was talking, it could be anything, okay? But specifically, I want to speak to the church hurt in the room because I'll week the Lord was just dealing with my heart on this issue and I believe that healing is is for you whoever that is this morning maybe it's all of you and if you've experienced that I want everyone to close their eyes but if that's you I want you to raise your hand I'm not going to call you out I'm not going to call you to the front but I want you to know that there is healing in the room specifically for you this morning Jesus blood is enough It's enough, it's enough, it's enough. And it is vital. Guess what? You are going to get hurt again. People are going to fail you again. Mike and I are going to hurt. We're not going to do it intentionally, but we are going to fail. And if you're hurt, it means you're alive. I remember when my dad was was getting ready to pass and, and he lost his reflexes and they said, that's a bad sign. If you If somebody does something to you and you get hurt, guess what? That's a reflex that you are alive. And there is healing for you today. If you need healing in that area, I want you to lift your hand. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over you. Lord, there's healing in the room. There's healing in the room. There's healing in the room. God, what's done is done. Lord, but you have a new day. You have a new anointing. You have a new season. You have new songs. You have new sermons. You have new opportunities, new programs, new events. God, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. And God, I yes depends on it and so in Jesus name 
I just speak healing over this room. I speak healing and freedom over V1 Church that we don't have to live in the past, but God, that we can walk into our destiny. We don't have to leave how we came this morning. And there's freedom, 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 freedom in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.